0: Last week, I spoke with Lola Wright about her son Trey's decision to switch schools first semester freshman year. This week, Lola and I talk about her daughter, Olivia. Do you remember Olivia Royal? Maybe this will jog your memory.
1: There are always going to be people who tell you you can't, and then it's up to you to basically tell them to fuck off. Like, if you, like, really internalize what people are saying to you, like people tell them they can't and they're just like, okay, I can't.
0: Olivia really inspired me. And if you have not had an opportunity to listen, go back and check it out. Olivia, she epitomizes courage, confidence, clarity. You know, when she was faced with a decision to choose between a full ride scholarship at a highly regarded institution versus taking on big debt to pursue the school and career path she was deeply passionate about, Olivia chose what most people think is crazy. Lola and I talk about how Olivia made that decision, what it means to listen to your intuition, your gut, how to trust and foul your heart when it may not always make sense on paper, and being a creator in your life rather than a victim of your circumstances. Check out the last of the royal family interviews as Lola talks about her daughter who's pursuing her dreams at all costs literally. I asked you here because I had a really fantastic interview with Olivia. Yep. You were first born and Olivia was nothing short of amazing. And she talked a lot about childhood and the beliefs she developed in childhood that I think sort of nurtured who she became and who Mm -hmm. she is today. And one of those things that she said that sticks, it sticks out in my mind the most is when she was young about 3 years old from a very young age i was told that i was smart mm-hmm. like yeah. she's, i think she said from the time she was 3 or something yeah and
1: she's I mean like, she's sort of notorious on our block people still joke about her walking down the street always her nose in a book
0: that and that's what she talked about yeah.
1: she's like i'm
0: a reader i read i'm smart it was just affirmed for me over and over and over again so i i believed it i was mm-hmm. like oh so this is who i am mm-hmm. and one of the things we talk about in this whole like world of conscious parenting is like we have to be careful of what we project onto our kids because they take on what it is we tell them that they are. Mm -hmm. And so that one was really interesting to me because she then believed what she was told. Yeah,
1: well, I I got pregnant when I was 18. I had her when I was 19. And it was very clear that the response I got from the world around me, at least through my lens of perception, was that I had made a very compromising choice and made my life very difficult. And I have a real competitive urge in me. And so the I was completely unwilling to subscribe to that narrative. And in fact, I was motivated uh-huh. to prove that that was absolutely not true. Uh-huh. And so I, I took it on as a game that I took probably way too seriously, that I was going to prove to everyone that had this idea that I had screwed up my life, that that was not true. And so I got really deep into what I would call like mental science, Mm -hmm. you know, some might call it consciousness, and uh, just became like a curator of my mind. And so I think she just she grew up in that. And um i think she was told from the time my thought was the messages that i was getting about the choices that i had made i was unwilling to have passed down to her and so i very deliberately and consciously raised her with a strong sense of self she also had a has a father who was raised in an environment where he was always told he wasn't going to amount to anything he was acutely aware of that and so he too was compelled to to provide her with a very different narrative
0: yeah that's that's amazing that you guys at such a young age were both so self-aware as how the stories that you were raised in and then how you were going to consciously change that narrative as parents like when you're just barely figuring out how to pay the bills and make ends meet yeah how did you have the capacity to do all that
1: well he and i were both like deeply into hip-hop and there's a a branch of hip-hop that's really rooted in metaphysics in consciousness
0: it is i didn't know that
1: yeah a lot of people don't realize that there was a particular era say from like 1986 to 1993 And I uh, when my parents got divorced and my dad moved from Glencoe to Lincoln Park, I moved with my dad and there was a a place at North Avenue, Milwaukee and Damon that it's now below what I think is the Starbucks. There's this little staircase and there was a group that would meet there once a week and it was called Lit X. And it was basically a, a group that would meet of radical thinkers exploring black liberation texts. And there was a whole movement in the hip hop world that was really tied to liberation movements. And so a lot of that was about knowledge of self, self self-determination. It was really about claiming agency. And so, you know, my older two kids, dad, he was really into that thought world. And I was also. And then you know, that becomes really handy to lean into when it feels like there are a variety of circumstances and conditions that are working against you. You know, one area of life that you do always have control over is your mind.
0: Yeah. So we, um, I did a podcast with Kim and it was all about victim consciousness or creator consciousness. Mm -hmm. So what I hear you pointing at is the, the, the agency is around, do we think of ourselves as at the effect of what's happening around us or do we think about ourselves as the creator of what's happening around us? And, yep. And that's what you decided to do.
1: Yeah. And I think there's always like, I always get a little nervous just because I think sometimes people can then take that perspective and underestimate real systems and structures that have real implications and, you know, aren't always equitable, et yeah. cetera, et yeah, cetera. Yeah. So I just want to clarify that, you know, I I do believe that we have a lot of evolutionary growth ahead of us to create really conscious systems and structures. That being said, while that evolution is in process, we can always choose, okay, who am I going to be in this now moment? Mm -hmm. You know, and she was for sure raised in that.
0: She was, and it was so evident throughout the whole interview. Yeah. And was there any resistance in her ever?
1: I know, like... There's still resistance in her. I mean, she was just home for Thanksgiving break, and I was, like, asking her, what do you believe? And, you know, she and I have, like, my story is, and she really gets annoyed when I suggest this, and she calls me out. In fact, she just said last week, she's like, it's a total projection. And I'm like, the fact that you're even able to articulate that... I adore, and you're absolutely right, and I still think I'm accurate. (laughs) Um, But, you know, she basically identifies as agnostic, you know, which which is the belief that I don't know. There might be something greater going on here, but it might be a random universe that we live in. Where she and I sort of go toe-to-toe is, like, she's really unwilling to budge. She's like, I don't know. And her brother and I were talking to her, like, You have to believe in something like you you, like, you know, what's your cosmology of belief? And my story is she she thinks it's really entertaining Mm -hmm. to not give me much satisfaction around that conversation. So she just sort of is.
0: Well, so while there's uh, some resistance in, in what you're saying, but but her like her actions would suggest Totally.
1: That she believes because... She believes in herself. That's what she believes in. Okay,
0: that was so evident.
1: Yes. She knows that she can count on her, that she'll put in the work, she'll put in the time. She knows that life is a game that's largely mental. And if she can keep the space in between her ears clean and clear, the odds of her having a powerful future are increased exponentially. Now, whether she believes in some cosmic intelligence or universal presence, that remains to be seen. And that's probably more where we get hung up. But she absolutely believes in herself. And I think that has been instrumental in her ability to create what she has now. Well, so fast forward to
0: this belief in herself, right? Because she now, she says in the interview that she knew from a very young age she wanted to pursue what she's pursuing, Mm -hmm. music and and um production and I I don't she's like pursuing so many things singer right now. songwriter Singers, producer yeah, I mean she's yeah. doing all of those things yeah. um I remember her saying this in the interview that she realized early on that a school was a game. Yeah she just had to navigate figuring out the way like the test she just had to navigate how to pass the test and all that. It was all sort of meaningless. She just had to do whatever they wanted to get what she really wanted. Yeah right so she's navigating this game. Then she navigates her way to a full ride scholarship at a really prestigious institution. Mm-hmm. You guys have very little resources. Mm-hmm. So, she, so so there's something. We have negative the,
1: resources, have negative just to be clear. Like money. We have, just, let's just say. Yeah, no, we, we are resource rich, just not in the domain of dollars. dollars. And this is
0: sort of what we're speaking to a lot on this podcast is that. Um, you can actually pursue what you love and have wealth if you want it or not like but this idea that we're only pursuing wealth and security is is actually detrimental to our overall level of happiness
1: that to me is the most exciting thing about like the millennial generation and the and those coming thereafter mm-hmm. they have a much lower tolerance for doing things that they don't love. And you can call them entitled or you can call them inspired. I find it inspiring. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, what if we actually created a society where people really did pursue that which they're genius at, that which they're uniquely here to contribute to, Can't can't we imagine that that would yield a more peaceful, loving, inspiring planet? We could actually solve major world issues because people are living inside of their genius, inside of their unique purpose on the planet?
0: Well, why aren't we encouraging more of that? And by the way, what's wrong? Since when did the word entitlement have a negative connotation? Yeah. Like, I'm wondering, like, aren't we entitled? And you know what? What I would say to that is... um, we're not entitled to be handed everything without working for mm-hmm. it, but we're entitled to everything we desire.
1: Yeah, there's a reciprocal nature to life. As you give, so you receive. Yeah. So put in the time, put in the work. And you're entitled. And do it towards something you love and make sure you're actually good at it. <laughs> I think, Or at least you're setting yourself up to be good at it. Okay. Because I think sometimes people pursue things and they might be a little delusional around if that's really theirs to do.
0: I find that less. I find people pursue things that they think they're supposed to do in the name of finding security and comfort and 100%. Might, and then they're sort of half in it. I agree with that. And then they're, that. they're spending all their time and energy trying to get better at doing something they think they should be doing. Yes.
1: I think that's absolutely true. I think
0: we're mostly drawn to doing the things we love to do. Yeah. Which is why Olivia knew from a very young age, I just want to sing. Yep and i'm going to do whatever i'm going to work my ass off to get that yeah and and that's this is why go ahead what we
1: Well gonna i was say? just going to say i think even more than singing she wants to know herself as a creative outlet yeah and one way that she does that is through singing
0: yeah right now that's yeah. how she's expressing herself yep and
1: she she
0: essentially what she said which this was the piece that was really big for me, and I think really unique. And this is the the part that um, I wanted you to speak to a little bit. When it came time to make the decision, she had this full ride scholarship at Howard, which most people would look at and go, "Yeah, no brainer. You have no money. You, you know, like <laughs> it's the perfect school for you. Why on earth would you make any other decision?" And she kind of t- speaks to well, like, "Why would I waste four years of my life?" even if it cost me nothing because it was going to cost me so much more on the other side meaning I don't get to pursue what I love.
1: Yeah, I mean she basically was like so I get a full ride to Howard at the end of which I have a degree in psychology like what how, what's that going to produce? But
0: most people would say including parents, what do you mean that's a secure you know very reliable. Yeah, she and awesome I both parent. know
1: that that's not what she's on the planet for. Yeah. Like if the highest ideal that you've set for yourself is basic security, oh my goodness, that is so uninspiring.
0: But so many people do that.
1: Yeah, that's just not the game I'm interested in. <laughs> I know, that sounds is. terrible.
0: I know. And so she's living, she's a living example of that. And because of that, I see that she's free to pursue.
1: Yeah, well, when she was in that decision making process, we called uh, one of my cousins, or he called us, I don't remember. But somehow we got into a conversation with a cousin of mine, who I think now is like 35. And, uh, you know, is a consultant and blah, 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 blah. And as she was navigating this inquiry, he said something really simple to her. And that was, investing in yourself is the best investment you will ever make. And it was like, oh, that's a great idea, you know, and for her going to NYU into the super specific program, which is the most competitive program to get into at NYU. I mean, it's teeny. Um, It's the school called the Clive Davis Institute of Recorded Music. And it was an investment in herself, Mm -hmm. you know, and in her dream. Yeah. Who she
0: believed she was. Yeah, and
1: she has come alive. I mean, she knew something in... I, I mean, honestly, I feel like if there was one thing I hope I gave her, and I think I did, and, and she was open and available to it, was the ability to listen to her intuition. Mm-hmm. You know, to quiet the noise of the world and go, what do I want? What do I really want? What am I here for? And, you know, as you and I both practice... When you ask that question and your energy either goes up, down, or stays the same, follow the aliveness. Where do you feel most alive? Okay, so this
0: is what we're talking about on this podcast over and over. This is what we're pointing students at. We're talking to parents about this. Um, And what I'm finding is that this generation doesn't have the ability to listen because of the noise outside. So what would you say to... To, to those listening in about this piece, exactly like tuning and listening. First of all, you know, we all have that intuition. Everyone has it. Everyone has that knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not special. It's not unique. Some people don't have it. Other people don't have it. We all have it. But it's our ability to A, listen, mm-hmm. to, to listen to it, to, to be able to hear it, right? To turn up the volume so that we can hear our own intuition. Mm-hmm. That's first and foremost. Then the second thing is... Those those layers outside us. So our parents, then the culture, then the community, everyone else has a different opinion.
1: Yeah. Well, I was just about to say that, you know, it's there are an infinite number of opinions. And if you think opinions matter, you're already off the path because opinions are going to make you crazy you have to, you've got to develop some kind, all of us have to develop some kind of muscle where we can listen to ourselves. It's great to get feedback, but you're the only one that knows what's true for you. And I mean, there are lots of hacks, like turn off all the technology, take a walk, notice your breathing. uh, You know, but I just find that there's so much noise, there is so much noise. And it's not just TV, it's not just technology, but People talk incessantly, too. It's hard sometimes to choose, especially choose the opposite of what
0: everyone else is choosing. You have to have a tremendous amount of strength and um, discipline Mm -hmm. and willingness, Mm -hmm. which is essentially what Olivia did. Mm -hmm. Because there was a lot of voices out there that said, no, 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 don't take... Close
1: voices, people close. Her family saying that I was misleading her, Mm -hmm. I was misdirecting her. This was a totally reckless and irresponsible choice to go to a school that's $80,000 a year where she got a pretty modest scholarship, which meant a lot of student loan debt and or fundraising efforts on her part, which she's done every year. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's personally raised, I think, like 15 or twenty thousand dollars each year and that's, I'm like good for her that's and that's a great skill that she's that's had to develop great skill you know she has a little list of people that she emails you know a couple times a year hey I just want to let you know what I'm up to yeah. how it's going and then she navigates like you know hey I'm not interested please take me off your list What a great skill to develop uh-huh. at 18 19 20 years old yeah you know and I think there are people in my life that were like why is your daughter emailing me? Look you're a grown person you can say no. Let should. her experience a no. Yeah, that's fine. If you're inspired to contribute to what she's up to, great. And she's developing the muscle to ask for what she needs, and she'll get what she gets, and she'll keep keep it moving.
0: And she's also building the muscle of rejection. Totally. What does it look like? And that, by the way, is going to happen over and over and over again in her said career and most careers. But yep. all of these muscles are really important muscles to build as they're navigating these times in their lives. And that's what we're here for. We're here to support them in navigating. What does it feel like? to ask for what I want and be rejected. Yep. And then get back up and ask again. Get back up and ask again. Yeah. Yeah. So she's doing it.
1: She's doing it.
0: And you did it.
1: Great job, Olivia. Great job.
0: All right.
1: What are you thinking
0: now? Can you imagine giving up a full ride scholarship to take the risk of pursuing your dream, even if most of those close to you were advising otherwise? what else do you do in your life because you're paying more attention to the voices outside and not the most important one your own voice it can be incredibly hard to make decisions and not give a fuck what others say but one thing I know is that great leaders know how to honor and listen to their intuition sort of as a guiding principle to being successful in their life so today See if you can notice one opportunity to build that muscle and listen to your deep knowing. Thanks for listening to University. If you like what you heard, I would be absolutely thrilled for you to share with a friend and equally grateful for you to rate and review on iTunes. It really helps. You can find more information and stay in touch over at university.u on Instagram or at university on Facebook and Twitter. I really hope to see you there. If you'd like support navigating the chaos and you're ready to create a more fulfilling life, I offer live weekly group coaching sessions every Thursday from four to five central time. It's a place to gather together, be seen and heard, reduce your stress, learn how to take back control of your life again. Give the first week a try for free and check it out. You can find out more at the link below or ping me on Facebook and Instagram for more.